Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Stylist Podcast, where independent beauty entrepreneurs can get all the mindset, messaging, and methods they need to be unstoppable in beauty, business, and life. Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Stylist Podcast. Welcome. My name is Sharon Huckle and I'm your host. And today we're going to be talking all about the money piece. And no, I don't mean that bright bit of highlights in the front. I mean, we're going to talk about money, 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 and um, how you can make more of it and keep more of it. As independent beauty entrepreneurs, or even if you are working in a salon, you are in charge of your finances, and you want to have some control over your money. So the first piece of advice that I give you is take control of your money situation. You do have control over it way more than you think. And it's actually can be super intimidating. But if you learn the simple principles and you make peace with it and you realize there's power in taking control of your money and and peace in taking control of your money, you're going to have such a better relationship with it. We need to just admit that we're in control. We can be the masters of our destinies, but we can also be the master of our own disaster. So first and foremost, decide right now you are going to take control. And I am going to tell you quite honestly, I am not someone who loves to sit down and look at spreadsheets or financial statements or any of that stuff. It actually makes my eyes want to roll into the back of my head. I do have a really good accountant who I trust to take care of things for me. But I also don't just hand everything over to him blindly. And I've had a number of accountants over the years. I mean, I've been doing business for 25 years. So some of them have retired, quite honestly, but I always made sure I had a really good relationship with my accountant, somebody that I could felt felt that I could trust, someone who had the heart of a teacher who would sit down and explain the things to me that I didn't really understand. And in some cases, not just hold my hand, but also like grab me by the face and go, Sharon, pay attention to this because it's important because it's really easy as creative people to just say oh I'm not good with numbers or I hate numbers or whatever but if you're going to be a business owner an entrepreneur you've just got to get used to looking at the numbers and so I had to reframe that in my own mind so here we're talking about mindset again can't help it but I had to reframe that in my own mind that I was good with numbers. I was good with money. I've actually always been quite careful with money. I was raised by two parents who were super frugal, but we never really seemed to want for anything. I was certainly not a spoiled child, and I was one of four kids, um, the youngest of four kids. So, you know, lots of hand-me-downs from, like, the neighbors first. They went through the neighbor's house first, and then they came through all of us. The only time I ever got a brand-new bike growing up was when I broke my bike in two by accident. I crashed into a pole. And the bike snapped in two. But every other time in my life, I'd had a hand-me-down bike. And so, you know, I was okay with that. I don't mind thrift shopping, that sort of thing. There's lots of ways to be frugal. And we, we will get into that. But my history of money was that I never had a ton of it. But I always learned to manage what I had really well. My parents are excellent examples of this. They always were really good savers. They um, paid, They stayed out of debt. And they spent money on things that were important like they've been able to travel all over the world and you know neither of them have ever made a ton of money but they've they've done it really well 
So there's there's just so many things in that. That's why you just can't ever unpack this topic in one episode. There's no way. So we will be talking lots about money on this podcast because I believe that we are capable of making really good money. And historically, hairstyling and, you know, beauty business has not been reputed to be a big moneymaker. Um, and there's so many loaded layers to that. You know, a lot of it's underground economy stuff. A lot of it's because it can be a cash business. A lot because people want to work part time. And there's so many things there. And again, we will unpack that uh, in a later episode. But today I want to really focus on how to bring in more money. I would always rather try to figure out how to just generate more income. And often the way I think of that and I'll even credit Robert Chromians for this. Not that he was the first one who to introduce this to me, but he, I used to listen to his um, CDs all the time called The Art of Making Money. And uh, he would talk about how when he was renovating his salon, someone would ask him what he's doing and they'd say, oh, he was, he's working on the floor. And, you know, people would think, oh, that meant working on the, the haircutting floor. But what he meant was what he was working on paying off the floor <laughs> that he just put in his new salon, right? So he was working behind the chair to pay off the brand new floor that he put in his way. So I always think of it in terms of, okay, how much money do I need to bring in to cover this expenditure? So, um, again, I am always focused on the best ways to grow sales, but I will give you some good ideas to cut some expenses along the way, things you are wasting money on. Because really, the, the magic is in the margins, both in what you can do with your spare time, but also the way that money gets wasted. Like your profitability is sitting in your waste. You would not believe just how much money is either tied up or you know, bleeding out in your company. So I want to point that out to you. One of the my favorite things that I learned many years ago, what was it called? Salon Training International. I used to go to these conferences. Lots of fun. And it was sort of my first introduction to these big hair conferences. And I became addicted from that point on. But they would talk about the booking game. I've adapted it ever so slightly for my own purposes, as you often do with these things. You pick up these little nuggets along the way, and then you have to adapt them so that they work for you and your business. The booking game is spending a little bit of time in the morning or the night before, but looking at your day ahead and checking out your clients and just sort of letting your mind, you know, imagine all the things that you could offer that client. So especially if you have space, but even if you don't, (laughs) because there's lots of things you can do in the little nooks and crannies of your day. And while you're doing a service, you can be adding things on. So some of the more obvious ones and the ones that, that don't take up much time are deep conditioning treatments. It's really simple to add those on and it's just a conversation. And I have some scripts, um, for conversations for, you know, adding things on. Um, but definitely con- deep conditioning treatments. I mean, almost everybody can benefit from a deep conditioning treatment. And uh, we want to make those special. And so there's various levels you can do. You can go as cheap as five bucks if that makes profit for you, or right up to, you know, adding a $75 treatment if you've got the time and really want to make it a luxury experience. And all you have to do is ask, right? Just ask if they'd be interested. Make a note of, you know, the condition of their hair and then prescribe the appropriate 
treatment, whether they're maybe it's an oily scalp, maybe it's dry ends, maybe it's a lack of protein, any of those things, you can assess the hair and offer your professional recommendation. And then you just offer. They might say yes, they might say no. Either one is cool, but even if they say no, you've planted a seed that they might take you up on that offer another time. So always have those conversations. So that's treatments, right? And you can run the gamut of that. But I can tell you if the, you get in the habit, that's where scripts are really powerful. But if you get in the habit of offering clients deep conditioning treatment, you will see your your sales grow exponentially. Um, another one is if you've got a bit more time to add a little bit of color. So maybe they're booked for color or maybe they're not, but you can add color. And I talk about color, whether my client is booked for color or not. Even if they have silver hair, <laughs> and show no interest in coloring their hair ever. I am talking about glossing treatments. I am talking about toners to combat the yellow, to bring out the shine. I am talking about maybe highlights or lowlights that can balance out the way the gray is growing in. Maybe they're looking a little bit shallow at the front, like almost like they're balding if there's too much white in the temples. A few well-placed lowlights there can make a huge difference. And again, I'm not always concerned about selling it at that moment. Although I do caution that selling, you were selling hours, not services. So once the hour's gone, it's gone for good. And so adding every, like services on at every appointment can really impact your bottom line in a a beautiful way. Um, Things like for estheticians, even you can be adding on a lash tint, a brow tint, you know, if you do lash extensions, right? There's, there's always upgrades that you can add for that. And then of course there is retail and retail is actually one of my favorite ways to make extra money and also really serve your clients at the deepest level. Going back to the booking game. So looking at your day and just seeing where the magic could happen for you. And retail is one of those things. So you can be talking about weaving retail in throughout your entire appointment. I start talking retail long before the customer even gets in my chair, never mind uh, once they're there. And I don't shove it down anybody's throat because I'm weaving it in. It comes in so naturally. Other add-ons that you can do, right? We've got we've got colors, we've got lash, brow tint, waxing is another great thing. Often if you've got a, a client in your room, if you wax one area, it's pretty easy to add on another area to wax because obviously they're thinking about hair removal. They're in the mood. You've already sort of prepped them and prepared them and done the spiel. And so adding something else quick or maybe not quick, depending on how much time you have available to you and they do as well, you can continue to go. Bikini wax can very easily turn into a Brazilian or an an eyebrow wax can very easily turn into lip and chin wax Um, or maybe add the armpits on, you know, or if you're doing a half a leg, maybe the full leg, it's time for that. So there's always ways you can add on. If you're doing spray tanning, just little add-ons like an extra coat, do you want to be extra dark? Do you want to upgrade to a longer lasting formula? Do you want to upgrade to the take-home products that will help increase the longevity? Do you want to have an exfoliator added to this? You know, there's so many different things depending on what your business is. But having a look at your day beforehand can make a big impact. And you can do this as far as like 
even like a few days out or a week out. And one of the fun things that I do sometimes, especially if I've got regular clients who've been coming to me for a long time, I don't want those clients to get bored. So as I'm scrolling through Pinterest or Instagram or whatever, I will either screenshot or save. I have boards on my Pinterest for specific clients where I've seen something that I think they will like. And I will either shoot them a quick text or I will email them and let them know I'm thinking of them and that I have some ideas for their upcoming appointment. Like how exciting is that (laughs) to have, you know, your stylist or your beautician thinking about you prior to your appointment and creating a, a, a portfolio for you to look at. So I have lots of fun with that and my clients love that. Often, like I keep an iPad on my station And, you know, clients, especially new clients, will be like, do you have any ideas? And I'm like, do I? I have a whole internet full of ideas. But I have my boards very organized so that I can quickly call things up. And I do spend a lot of time on Pinterest for all my businesses. You know, I I can call those up in in a second and give them so many good ideas. And that's often a really good idea for upgrading or for discussing future appointments And some people don't like photos, but I do. I think think they, you know, a photo speaks a thousand words. And again, we're very visual people. Um, So like a lot of people are like, oh, I know you don't like photos. When I bring it, I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I love photos. Like I've got a whole iPad full of them. And it makes the booking game so much more fun because you could literally start a board for somebody specific coming in that day of what what you thought. You can be thinking about them ahead of time. And even if you feel like you're going to struggle a little bit with that client and what they want, you could be watching tutorials. And I love to learn a new technique and then figure out who I can demonstrate that technique on or practice that technique on the very next day, if possible, or that that day, depending on when I'm looking at it. I actively seek out new training almost every single day and try to implement it immediately. So the whole idea of the booking game is to increase your add-ons and your upsells so that you can increase your average ticket. These are a few things that we want to think about. So increasing your average ticket, that means people are spending more money with you every time they come in, right? And it may not just be price increases, although that is one way to increase your average ticket. It might just be all the little things that they, they add on. And I'm going to caution you not to spend your clients' money for them. I don't know what my clients have in their bank account. I don't assume what my clients have in their wallet or in their bank account, what their budget is. I just know what I have to offer and I make sure they know what I have to offer. It is up to them to decide how they want to spend their money. There are always things that we will blow our money on and things that we're really cheap about. And that's a personal decision. So I do not spend my clients' money for them. And in fact, when I've had moments in my life where I've been more sort of desperate for cash flow, I'm actually worse at selling at that moment. Because if I'm so worried about money, then I start to worry for everybody else. So I've had to break that cycle just in my own life in multiple ways. But spending other people's money for them is not your concern, right? They will decide. And I had a funny experience once where a client was debating about whether to get this shampoo or not. And God bless them, all of a sudden her husband sent her a photo of this four-wheeler that he bought. 
And she's like, I can't believe I'm freaking out over spending $30 on a bottle of shampoo when he just spent whatever, I don't know what a four-wheeler costs, but a lot of money. And she's like, I'll buy the shampoo and the conditioner. And I thought, oh my God, we laughed so hard because, you know, just those little things. Like she was trying to be so tight with her money. And meanwhile, he's spending all kinds of money. And that was priority for him. Certainly the four-wheeler. I mean, he's a farmer. So the the four-wheeler was important to him. But the the contrast of how much money each thing cost just made her to buy the shampoo and conditioner, even when she was debating about whether the shampoo was even she was worthy of this expenditure, right? So don't spend your clients money for them, just have things to offer them and ask them, ask them what they need from you. And they'll tell you, they will always tell you what they need. If you ask the right questions and if you pop over to my website, theunstoppablestylist.com, I've got a list of 53 consultation questions that you can ask and they are all designed with service in mind but also selling. So those can help you tremendously and obviously you don't have to rattle through all 53 questions. You pick and choose according to what the client needs that day but that is a great starting and that's a, a totally free resource that I have available on our website for you. So that was increasing your average ticket. So start with the booking game and just to spend like 10, 15 minutes before your day starts and think about how you can increase your average ticket. Even if you've only got one or two clients, make the most of those one or two interactions. Um, You don't have to hold them hostage in your salon all day, but definitely be taking their photos, make a fuss over them, really show them that you care, really figure out what challenges they are having with their hair, their skin, their nails, you know, all of those things really dig in deep with those few clients. And you will, first of all, that's really good practice. And secondly, you will form such a deep connection with that client and, you know, know how to best solve other people's problems in the future. It will give you so many ideas for content in terms of what questions people need answered. It will give you so much content in terms of photographs and whatever. That's when you really need to be taking those before, during, and processing, and after photos. Um, When you are a bit slower, that is when you can make the magic happen so that you will be busier afterwards. That's the time to focus on the four R's. That is retail, selling retail throughout the entire appointment, even before they come in. I start nurturing that relationship with that I use professional products. I, you know, I'm loyal to certain brands. I believe in them. I use them at home. People are getting a sense of that when they're looking on my social media. And it's just what I use in my own routines, what I use on clients. It's just woven in there before they even hit the door. And I've chosen specific lines because of my personal values and the the brand power that they have and the overall just how they fit into my business model. I've specifically sought out certain brands that I know my customers will also love because we have similar values, like all of those things, right? So I'm attracting people even before they sit in my chair, before they know salon through retail. Then once they get into my salon, I have a big retail display. They know I'm in the business of selling products. They know I'm in the business of solving problems, providing solutions to them. You make no mistake that retail is a big part of my business when you walk in my salon. And again, it's not in your face. It's just, you know, beautifully displayed, really well organized, always managed and inventoried. But I but I'm in the business to do that. And so people do come into my salon just to buy retail. And they also come into my salon looking for advice because they know 
that I can give it to them. I'm an expert in those areas. So that's when you first walk in the door. Then, of course, when you get into my chair, I am talking about retail throughout the consultation, throughout the shampoo, throughout the service. And I'm not like interrupting them in their conversations to stop them, but I weave that in throughout the appointment. And I don't wait until the last minute, you know, hey, do you need any products today? Or how are you for your products at home? You know, like that's not a question. It's more you know, I'm asking them what their, their challenges are. I'm solving them throughout the service. And then it's just a kind of a no brainer when it comes to, you know, are you going to take this home with you today? And again, I leave that totally open up to them. I just lay it all out. And I have what I call the four, three, two, one method. Generally speaking, I do not do someone's, you know, skincare routine or hair care routine without at least four products often there's way more than that but I'll I'll definitely start with four you know and let's just talk hair for a minute there but shampoo and conditioner kind of your foundation products and I often have this line that you know shampoo and conditioner a lot of people cheap out on that but those are your foundation products so if you are picking the thing that you're struggling with the most and we can provide a solution for that in your shampoo and conditioner you'll be in, in such better shape right off the bat stuff like that those are scripts that I I say so I can easily sell shampoo and conditioner because I don't want them buying the drugstore stuff it's not going to do as well with my color and I have whole scripts for that stuff too which I can share with you that's just shampoo and conditioner is your basics right and then the other ones usually we use it like either a prep a styling product or a finished product those four are like I've always put those out and I always line up everything I've used on their hair today and or their skin so in in skincare it's you know like cleanse tone moisturize those are sort of your basics and then you can get into the serums and all the other layers um anti-aging stuff you know certain clientele are love to buy products they love to treat themselves they love to take care of themselves they can be your dream clients like we talked about earlier clients who trust you as the expert who will buy what you recommend and especially if you are a product of the product you're already using it yourself and have the results to show for it people want to see results so four three two one though i pull out at least four products everything that i used on their hair today and in some cases it's more than four and then i show them the order that i use them in and i repeat all this at the end of the the appointment show them the the products that i've used the order that they i use them in i explain this is what i've used on your hair today this is why i've chose it specifically for you based on the things that you've said and this is how you use it at home and then as i'm doing their hair i'm explaining it i'm showing them the the amount that they should use like the the texture of it i let them smell it i let them touch it i grab the bottles the brand new bottles off the shelf while I'm doing their hair so they can hold it they can look at the ingredients that they want to they can open it up they can smell it they can develop some ownership of that product that is really powerful get the products in their hair sometimes I will make them (laughs) or recommend they put it in or I'll have them feel the product after I've used it feel the difference in their hair or their skin even though I, I no longer have a spa, I still sell a ton of skincare because I wasn't an esthetician for many, many years. And people look to me for that. And I'm at an age of 49, you know, I'm aging. I'm discovering changes of my skin as I go through my change of life. So they're looking to me to help them with that. Just use the products and learn the products inside out and backwards. And retail will be such an easy sell for you. 
In terms of services, generally speaking, in a salon, profit on a service is about, you know, 6%. And again, there's all kinds of different variables on how you get those percentages, but just roughly 6%. But, you know, your profit on a product is usually 50%, right? You're doing a complete double markup. And in some cases, there's more, some cases there's less. It just depends. It takes two minutes to sell a bottle of shampoo. It takes like, you know, half hour to an hour to do a service, if not longer. But if you can weave your retail conversation in throughout your appointment, before, during, and after. And you can follow up with clients. They often say the fortune is in the follow-up. And if you can follow up with clients about their retail experience, like how are you enjoying that product? And you can do that even on the next appointment or in an email or a text or have an automated message that goes out. So that's the 4-3-2-1 method. Take four products, your foundational products, your, your prep, your style, and your finishing products, and line those up. Then do the what, why, and the how. This is what I'm using on your hair or skin today. This is why I've chosen it specifically for you based on the things that you, we talked about. And this is how you use it at home. Make sure you're completing that, how you use it at home. You want to demonstrate. You want to give them examples. You want to show them the process and the order. And so that they're starting to think about, okay, yeah, when I get up tomorrow morning, I'm going to put this on my skin or I'm going to wash my hair this way or whatever. They need that instruction. This is something that maybe we take for granted because we've learned it. But the average consumer is so overwhelmed by the amount of choice that's out there so if you can just show them what they need to buy and how they need to use it they will be so grateful for you and literally every time they're in their shower in front of their bathroom vanity they will be thinking about you and hearing a little you know you on their shoulder whispering the instructions in their ears so I was talking about the four r's retail being the first of those four r's secondly is referrals always asking your clients for referrals. Who do you know that that I can help with? Or do you work with other women, you know, f- friends, family, whatever? I would like more cool people like you to come into my salon. And I do this even with my boutique motel. Every time I talk to to the customers in the automated messaging and in the review process, I'm asking for their referrals. And I do this regularly with clients as well. If they mention their husband, I say, bring him in. I totally do men's haircuts. And they'll ask, like, do you do kids' haircuts? I'm like, yeah, I love kids. Like, but I charge accordingly. I, I don't discount kids that much. I actually charge a lot for kids. But I always, when people ask me how much, and they like, whoa, that's a lot. And I'll be like, well, not really, because the haircuts grow out beautifully. You don't have to get them in. It's a really good experience for the kids. You don't feel like you have to go home and fix it. I can justify the value quite easily because I know there's value there in what I do. And they, they always end up bringing in their kids because they're sick of getting bad chop jobs. And so they, they come in and the, the kids are really comfortable. My salon. It breaks up my day too of just doing the same thing day in and day out. But that's me, not necessarily you. You do you. If you don't like doing men, you don't like doing kids, then don't ask for those kind of referrals, right? When you are talking to your, your dream customer about referrals, make sure they know who you're looking for. So you have to know who you're looking for and then and tell them what you want. And, you know, you don't say things like, 
oh, make sure you send me in people that are 18 to 35. No, you talk about the traits of things that you like. Like, I really enjoy working with you. Do you have more friends that, you know, would benefit from this? The same, just people just like you, right? And you're complimenting them at the same time, which they're going to love. And so, of course, they're going to be thinking about you when they're out with their friends and their friends compliment their hair. And that's another benefit of retail and showing your clients how to use the products. They're going to have more good hair days. <laughs> their skin is going to improve. Their, their tan's going to look really good if you're giving them the, the advice on how to exfoliate and moisturize the tan to keep it longer, you know, then they're going to get compliments, which automatically leads to referrals. And you can do referral rewards programs throughout the years. I've implemented lots of different strategies and, you know, stuck with some, tried some for a bit and you know, that's entirely up to you. And again, I have some good resources for that, how to do that. Again, you just find what works for you. But the first thing, just ask, ask for them. You don't always have to give away a prize. Sometimes your clients really just want to see you succeed and they want to support you. And so asking is enough. If you feel like that's not working, if you're doing that diligently and you feel that's not working, then maybe an incentive is a good idea and we can come up with programs. If you find programs easier to follow, if you've got a system in place, by all means do that. But start with just asking. Ask for the referral and see what happens. So the, the third one in the four R's is rebooking your clients. And there's lots of controversy about whether to pre-book or not pre-book. And I personally believe in pre-booking. I used to actually, the pre-pandemic, I would book my clients out for an entire year. And not every client, but a lot of clients loved that. And I loved those clients, actually, because they kept my books full. And they were all pretty good clients that I knew were going to keep their appointments, right? I wasn't too worried about that. So that worked out really well for me. After the pandemic, I got a little bit like so sick of constantly having to cancel and reschedule. So now I only do a few few appointments out and I like some flexibility in my schedule but my customers also know that I may have to reschedule their appointments so you know that happens sometimes life happens and I'm really considerate when they have to reschedule and so they reciprocate that of course if you've got things like weddings and stuff like that you will be booking almost a year out so it really depends on your business and like all of this advice that I am giving you I need you to take it all with a grain of salt Take notes, look at what I'm telling you, and then figure out the thing that's going to work best for you. So for me, I do like pre-booking. And honestly, even in August, I'm already getting people prepped to book ahead to, as far as their December appointments. And before December happens, I've got them booking into the new year. I am always a few steps ahead of my clients and because I've always got a plan for their hair, their skin, their life. We get talking about rebooking. And already in August, I'm thinking about December. Already in December, I'm thinking about the new year. And uh, I try to look at my schedule. Like I plot out my whole year because I have things that I want to do. I know I want to do some traveling. Anytime you can introduce scarcity and urgency, not false scarcity or not false urgency, but real life, like I'm going away for a week, you won't be able to get in. That helps to, to hustle up. And then my, my weeks get full. So I am not just booked the week before and the week after, but I'm booked like all the weeks around that as well, because I knew I was going away. So if you can take a look at your whole year and plan yourself some holidays, like take holidays, take some time off, know when you're going to need those breaks. And as we get into 
um, future episodes, we'll talk about how to pay yourself for vacations as well. But right now we're talking rebooking. So if you look at your entire year and then you get your clients used to those schedules, like I only work four days a week in the salon. And I, you know, when I went adjusted that from five days to four days, and then I adjusted the days that I was taking off, those were conversations that I had to to have with clients. And I had to plan that out a little further in advance. Like sometimes things happen to you in life, like maybe a pandemic where everything happens very abruptly. Other times you have a bit more control. So look a little bit further out and your clients will appreciate that. And so will your family, right? And your friends, right? When you can build your life around your business and build your business around your life, that is when we can style a life we love. So now I've got, we've talked retail, we've talked referrals, we've talked rebooking. The, the benefit of rebooking and how you know that it can earn you more money is you can plan those things out. So when we're talking about, say I added a brow wax or a brow tint, say to my, my regular appointment, that was an add-on for the day. When I go to rebook them, I'm like, oh, would you like to do the brow wax again next time or the brow tint again next time? And they'll be like, yes. Or would you like to do a conditioning treatment again next time? Your hair feels so nice. And they'll be like, yes. Or they can say, no, no big deal. But maybe we can add it every other time, you know? So that, that's when you can start the conversation and build that add-in right onto your regular appointment. And then they'll just get used to having it, right? If you can increase that frequency of visit. Did you find six weeks was a little too long last time? You said your hair felt shaggy or your roots, you know, were a little long or you, you wanted to be brighter before this wedding. Or If you can think of those things as you're rebooking them, you can build that upsell into the next appointment and then you don't have to work so hard the next appointment right so you can see how some it's almost like compound interest the little extra work you do today can create momentum and a snowball effect for your success later and then they get just used to building you know in those extra services into their regular appointments they feel good you feel good you've got the right time for it so you're not feeling like crunch for time the busier you get because you built that in okay Last thing in our four R's are reviews. Social proof is so important. Asking your customers to review your salon, whether it's at the bottom of your email, whether it's in your text messaging, whether it's in your general conversations, whether there's reminders throughout your salon. Ask your clients for the reviews. You can talk about how much you loved the review that the last person wrote you, right? You just, it's planting the seeds. But anytime you have to ask a client to go an extra step, try to make it really easy for them and make it feel good for them. So much of our problem with earning more money is we just don't ask for the sale or we don't ask for the referral or we don't ask for the rebook or we don't ask for the review. Just try asking. If you could change one thing in your business today or this week, just start asking more. Ask more questions and then solve their problems and then ask for the rebook and the referral and the review. So this leads me to my next point, consultations. Having effective consultations can be a big game changer in your business and how much money you're bringing in every day. And these are things that we're watching and we know things that move the needle forward and things that just don't. And I will get into consultations more deeply. If you are asking the right questions, then you are better able to deliver on the services that your customers actually really want and set up a plan for them to come back to you over and over and over again. 
check out my 53 consultation questions that I have on my website to help you out with that in the meantime, but we will be getting to consultations in in the power of effective consultations in a subsequent episode. So stay tuned for that. I did mention this a little bit earlier, but just talking about color or additional services, even if they're not booked for that. Anytime your customer's there, make sure you're letting them know all of the things you offer. And you don't have to like walk through your service menu with them, but just again, weave things into the conversation and just let them know what you have. But if you can weave all of that through what you have to offer clients, whether it's really niche down or whether you're more general, you've got a lot to offer. So make sure your customers know about it. These are the ways you can grow sales. This is the way you can earn more income and, you know, move from starving artist to thriving stylist. (laughs) And you can be unstoppable in this. And if you just commit to improving 1% every single day, getting a little bit better, these are scalable income generators, right? So these are little projects. If you nail one, then you can move on to the next one. You can move on to the next one. And this is all stuff that I talk about in my group coaching programs and in my one-on-one coaching. So if you're ready to dive a little bit deeper, check out my website, get on there and figure out all the ways that you need help with your business. And then I can figure out all the ways I can help you. I have lots of good free resources there, including this podcast. So make sure you check back next week. Anyway, I hope you have a beautiful day and we'll see you next week. 